You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride, take a cab, find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a lagging? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The Philippines is reporting the first fatality outside China from the new coronavirus that's killed more than 300 people in China. Michael Sullivan reports. The Philippines Department of Health says the man who died on Saturday was 44 years old and from Wuhan. Vietnam has declared the virus an epidemic and has stopped all flights to and from China. It has also reported its seventh confirmed case, a Vietnamese-American who fell ill after transiting from Wuhan. The Philippines is among the handful of countries that are temporarily banning travelers from China, the U.S., Japan, Italy, Singapore, and Australia, imposing similar restrictions despite criticism from Beijing and a World Health Organization assessment that says such restrictions are unnecessary. Eritrea is calling a separate travel ban on its citizens unfriendly. NPR's Ada Peralta reports by some estimates the Trump administration has now placed travel restrictions on about a quarter of the African population. The government of Eritrea says it has lobbied many countries to stop giving asylum to its citizens. Eritrea, which is one of the most authoritarian countries in the world, has lost about 10% of its population in recent years. 
So the travel ban, the government says, really suits their needs. But it has nothing to do with stemming emigration out of Eritrea. Instead, the Ministry of Information said in a statement, it, quote, singles out Eritrea without justification. And because of that, the government is dismayed with, quote, this unfriendly act. The Trump administration says the bans are to ensure national security, but critics have called them racist and xenophobic. Eta and her news, Nairobi. In Australia, authorities have lifted a state of emergency near the capital. NPR's Rebecca Hersher reports a bushfire burning south of Canberra is slowly being brought under control by firefighters. The fire started in a national park nearly a week ago, and days of hot, dry weather helped feed the flames. As temperatures soared above 100 degrees going into the weekend, authorities warned that the fire could expand rapidly and threaten villages on the outskirts of Canberra. But helicopters and fire crews successfully held back the blaze. Officials now say the immediate danger has passed, although the fire will likely continue to burn for weeks. Farther south, the hottest, most fire-prone weeks of the year are just beginning. While bushfires are a natural and important part of Australian ecosystems, Climate change is driving longer and more severe fire seasons in populated parts of the country. Rebecca Hersher, NPR News, Victoria, Australia. Novak Djokovic has won his eighth Australian Open tennis title. Djokovic came from behind to beat Austria's Dominique team in the men's singles final a short time ago. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. The U.S. Senate voting 51 to 49 against calling witnesses in the president's impeachment trial. Republicans refuse to allow new testimony just hours after learning about new allegations from the president's former national security advisor, John Bolton, including that the president personally pushed him to help dig up dirt on his rivals. Attorney uh, Joseph Bondi, he sent a letter to Mitch McConnell Um, uh, I assume making another effort to have more information, more witnesses as part of this fateful decision. Here's a quote from that letter from the attorney to Lev Parnas to Mitch McConnell. Quote, if Lev Parnas was called as a witness, he would provide testimony based upon personal knowledge corroborated by physical evidence, including text messages, phone records, documentary evidence, and travel records, which is directly relevant to the president's impeachment inquiry. Iowa, we had three days. I don't remember if you guys remember last week when someone by the name of Hillary Clinton said that nobody, we're not going to boo, we're not going to boo, we're classy here. No, no, I'll boo. Boo. (laughs) You all know I can't be quiet. No, we're going to boo. That's all right. The haters, the haters will shut up on Monday when we win. CBS News reported last night that a Trump confidant said that GOP senators were warned, vote against your president, vote against the president, and your head will be on a pike. I don't know if that's true. Vote against the president and your head will be on a pike. I have to say, when I read that, and again, I don't know if that's true, but when I read that, I was struck by the irony, by the irony. I hope it's not true. I hope it's not true. 
But I was struck by the irony of the idea when we're talking about a president who would make himself a monarch, that whoever that was would use the terminology of a penalty that was imposed by a monarch. A head on a pike. Can Susan Collins withstand a hit that says, that says, how rigged was the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump? It was so rigged that the man right here defending him was in the room when Trump extorted Ukraine. I mean, that's the call Mitch McConnell's making right now. We've been talking offset, and David pointed this out, and we've all pointed this out, and it would be great to get a mashup of some of Cipollone's statements during the trial. But if he is in a meeting in May where he hears this plan, and then he stands up as a lawyer in a tribunal and says the opposite argument as a fact witness that is a that you lose your law license over stuff like that welcome to the serious side of the jay wild show with mrs vanessa maybell mr jerome esprit the official texter of the show mr johnny d and mr elias now here is your host jay wild It's Sunday morning to you folks. Today is February 2nd, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Brown Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online. Radio, and it's best like the best. And I'm Jay Rao. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday morning with us. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the biz. First up, uh, he is the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side. My brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, Mr. Elias, doing well. And just a little disappointed, but you know, hey, listen, if, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I'm disappointed, you know, it was expected, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But I uh, appreciate right. you being here this morning, sir, as always. Always, sir. Always. I mean, nothing to be disappointed about, sir. You know, you know how this thing is gonna go. We all know how it's gonna play out. It's not, you know, it's not gonna be fair. It's not, you know. Hell, if I if yeah. I if I wanted to prove my innocence, I'd have brought as many people in as I could to prove my innocence. I'd had as many witnesses. I'd have had a lot of people come in to prove my innocence. I wouldn't have blocked witnesses. I wouldn't have done anything. If I'm innocent, and that what they did with Benghazi, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. My fault, man. I should have yeah. brought that up. Absolutely, I know, man. No, I listen. I look. I'm with you, man. All the way. I feel the same way you do. Now, Miss Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli. You know, she's living her best life, and so she is actually, uh, actually, is it called deep? Debarkation or whatever she's she's actually exiting uh, her cruise boat. It should be with us <laughs> within the hour, which is uh, you know once again I kudos to her, take my hat off to her for all what she does. And of course our resident texter and the man who's really I call what I call the educated brother, Mr. Johnny D, actually will resume his role as the uh, official texter of the show because he's uh, obviously can't be uh, in studio this morning. So he'll definitely provide his uh, perspective from afar. We can't wait to hear from him. And, of course, our dear uh, colleague, Mr. Jerome, is pretty smartest man in the world, uh, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we hold it down. The number is 347 A lot to get into this week. Uh, let me break it down for you. Let me tell you what we will be talking about this morning. First up, remembering number 8 and number 24, uh, remembering the Black Mamba. We're going to take a few minutes to talk about Kobe uh, and his impact on not only the basketball world, but in the world in general. We're definitely going to have that conversation. Then, a segment that we promised you last week, 
that we will bring to you this week. Your thoughts, please, YTP, where we try to address as many stories as we can in one segment. And then we'll end the show with the clown show itself, which took place this week. Republicans, like Mr. Elias just mentioned, voted to block the use of witnesses in the impeachment, quote-unquote, air quotes, trial of Donald J. Trump. Shaking my damn head. This is crazy. But we'll get into all that uh, coming up right here on the uh, serious side. Once again, the number is 347 And let's start the show off with remembering Kobe Bryant. This time last week, um, Kobe was actually on his way to a basketball game with his young daughter, Guiana, uh, Gigi, and uh, seven others. And towards the end of our show, which was so ironic, and Mr. Elias brought this up to me, while we were ending his show, probably was the same time the helicopter was either going down or had just crashed. And, uh, you know, Mr. Elias, you mentioned something that Jerome said. Go ahead and tell everybody what you and I talked about off the air, which was amazing. Well, well, it, it, it was kind of strange because Jerome said when he was giving us, uh, you know, his end of the uh, news stories, he was like, uh, well, uh, Kobe just tweeted, tweeted out to uh, LeBron, congratulations on breaking his record, and he just took number the third spot in scoring and made Kobe uh, number four. So LeBron last week took over Kobe's spot in the scoring in the NBA, and you know Kobe was sending out congratulations to LeBron, and that's what that's the last thing that Jerome brought up in the story, and it was like kind of ironic that that was the last thing. That he said, and as 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 he was giving his as he was wrapping it up, that's his last thought. Yeah, and that's like, something. Wow. Probably when he was wrapping it up once again, uh, at that time the helicopter was either on its way down or maybe down or in distress. If you've been living under a rock for the past week, Kobe Bryant and like I said, his daughter and seven others were killed this week, this day a week ago. Um, it looks like uh, bad weather uh, is to blame for this. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department grounded all their choppers because of the weather. And according to reports, the, the pilot, uh, who lost his life as well, was given the – he had the special ability to drive to a fly-in inclement weather. But it looks like he ran into some issues and didn't have the proper equipment on board, uh, you know, equipment such as, I think it's called the VTR. And then they talked about how the helicopter didn't have uh, terrain warning features on it, Ms. Elias, which, you know, wasn't required. Um, but uh, and it looks like he ran smack dead into the mountain a lot. Some of the earlier reports were people said they heard a bang and then they saw the helicopter plunging to the earth. But you know how that is. Early reports are always they're, they're always static. You really don't know what to believe. You know, one of the things I remember when I was watching the coverage after our show I was watching uh, Fox. Don't ask me why. But uh, they were talking to uh, some sports folks, and one of the guys on the set had just received a text. And he says, oh, my God, if this is true. And, and, and the anchor warned him. She says, let's verify the story before we put it out there. But I'm looking at your phone, and, oh, my goodness, this is big. And, it, and what I'm assuming they were talking about was Rick Fox. Rick Fox. Uh, you know, yeah. I think early reports were Rick Fox is on that helicopter as well. But, you know, thank God he wasn't. Um, and he talked about the impact that it had on his family and folks. You know, when you listen to Shaq talk about what happened with Kobe, uh, and when he found out, the first person he called was Rick Fox, and then Fox wasn't answering the phone, and you know, it's just all types of stuff that was going on in those first initial hours. But Mr. Elias, let's talk about Kobe 
because obviously the reason why, you know, and let's just be honest, the reason why we're talking about the seven other victims is because of Cody. People die every day in this country, but it doesn't get this type of media mm-hmm. coverage, and the reason why is because of the black man by himself. Your thoughts on Kobe Bryant, Mr. Elias? Man, um, you know, Kobe Bryant, man, I don't know if I want to use, he was a killer on the court, man. If, if you if if you will, man, he did not play when it came to that, man. That cat, whatever he took to win, he was going to do it. And you had to give him credit. He wasn't going to shut him down, and and you wasn't going to stop him, man. I, I've seen I've seen I haven't seen anybody really shut Kobe down. The only thing that shut Kobe down was Father Time. That's the only thing that shut him down. Um, and the, the and you know some man. I was watching a video yesterday, and they were they 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 compared his moves to Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, and Kobe patterned himself after Michael. Every the moves that Kobe was making, the way Kobe was going to the basket, everything that Kobe did, he patted himself right after Michael Michael Jordan. And Michael, I mean, you could not stop, you know, Kobe Bryant. Just like you couldn't stop Michael Jordan, there was no stop for him. So. Um, just one of the great greatest basketball players to live. He was one of them. I would, I would, the Black Mama was one of the greatest to ever do it. And he, and yeah, he, he. I, I listened to a story that Allen Iverson told. And Allen Iverson said that you know when they when they first when they first came into the league, Kobe was uh you know they went out to dinner they they were talking and they were having a good time. And he said, well, what are you gonna do, uh, Allen? Allen said, well, I'm gonna go out to the club. Cover, so I'm going to the gym, and this was at night. This, this is the the, the 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 dedication that that man had to the craft that he was in. So you can't take nothing away from him. Nothing. Yeah, you know, you know, when you sit back and listen to the stories, and you know, people are starting to tell their stories about Kobe Bryant. You know, one of the things I remember Michael Jordan saying, "Hey, listen," they asked him, "Could you beat you know the top players? Could you beat you know LeBron one on one?" He said, oh, "Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take care of LeBron." He said, "The only person I would have trouble with is Kobe." He said, "Because Kobe stole all of my moves." And I was listening to uh, uh, you know. Uh, ESPN, you know, immediately after the aftermath of, of after this tragedy, tragedy, and, and uh, they were talking to Tracy McGrady, and Tracy McGrady talked about how he came in the league a year after Kobe, and he saw Kobe's tutelage because he was really one of the one of the few players that came into the league directly from high school, and he talked about how he stayed with Kobe. They would watch karate movies all the time, and he talked about how they would watch Air Jordan come fly with me videos, and he said Kobe just kept rewinding certain parts, and he was like, "Man, what are you doing?" He said, "Dude." I'm trying to learn everything about him and be better. I want to be better than Michael Jordan, but he emulated his game after Mike, and it's just, um, you know, a lot to say about Kobe. Speaking of the smartest man in the world, he is now in the house, Mr. Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net, and the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Well, that's a man, a little bit under the weather, man. A little sorry, Mr. Uh, uh, Jerome, because, you know, like Mr. Elias mentioned at the top of the show, you know, your last story, I think, last week was about Kobe passing LeBron. And then we found out, like, within the hour, Kobe was gone. Yeah, um, you know, so, I mean, it's just tragic, man. And I don't think anybody, you know, and I, I don't want any negative, but I don't think anybody didn't. You know, everybody felt it to to some degree. People who did not watch sports, but it was it's just a shock to to all of our systems generally. 
when um, you know somebody who has such a high profile and something yeah. happens. You know, so I, I am one of those people who, um, soon as I found out that um, I was on the phone, my brother called and told me, and I immediately would not watch any TV. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of how I process stuff, mainly because, you know, the whole speculating and find out this is wrong, Rick Fox may be yeah. on in that person. I think people rush to that, and so some people are such um, so uh, junkies for negative information. It's that joy in the misery of others thing that happens. Mm. And so I usually right. wait a few days and then start to process and, and try to figure out what happened. But never, like right in that moment, tragedy, man, something like that is, um, is horrible. And then to find out a little bit later that his daughter was there kind of made oh, a yeah. Wow, yeah. made me yeah. take an extra two days on that, you know. So, yeah, it, it's, that's, it's tragic, man. You know, no you know, the thing is, Jerome, which was really, uh, look, I, I like Kobe. I thought Kobe was a cool cat. I wasn't really a fan of his when that whole thing went down with them and that girl that he threw Shaq under the bus. What did he say, Mr. Elias, when, uh, when that whole uh, thing went down? What did he say about Shaquille O'Neal? I should have paid him off just like Shaq did. <laughs> you know, he threw his boy to the bus, and I was like, you know what, that's kind of foul. But, you know, as the years passed, you know, I had a new appreciation for Kobe. And I remember when he was doing that, remember that one thing he did? He said, I'm going to wear the top five uh, jerseys of the greatest players of all time. I think it was the top five or top ten on, you know, consecutive games. And everybody was wondering, you know, what jersey he's going to wear. And then, obviously, that final day he wore number 23. And he said the reason why he wore 24 was because, you know, of the fact that he wanted to, uh, you know, Michael Jordan is uh, numero uno and he's right there. You know, this guy, you know, people talk about this debate about, you know, who's the best player of all time. And, you know, and it's hard to really discern that, to be perfectly honest with you, because there are different eras. You know, even when you think about Mike and the in the Bulls back in the '90s, it's a diff, different era than today. I hear some of the older players argue, saying, "You know what? If Mike was uh, playing now, he'd score, you know, 60 points because you can't check him like they did back in the day. Back in the day, you know, you can knock the hell out of a player." Kobe kind of transitions, and he was really a part of two eras because he played during the Jordan era, but he also played during this new era. And I tell you. People criticize me for saying this, but I say it all the time. In my opinion, Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. Now, people are all LeBron. I said this, and I'm not saying this because Kobe's dead. I've been saying this for years. I said to me, my top five, Mike, and I, I put Kobe in there. And, look, you got to put LeBron in there because LeBron is, you know, LeBron is a physical specimen. There's no doubt about that. But to sit here and say that, it's always between Mike and Mike, who's better, Michael or, or, or uh, LeBron. Now, wait a minute. Kobe should be in that conversation, Mr. Elias. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Kobe, man, like I said, Kobe was, hey, man, on the court, Kobe was a killer. You did not want to play against Kobe Bryant, man. You did not. Because the cat proved himself. And, and, and even after Shaq left, man, it took him some time to get a team together. But once he molded the team into who he wanted to mold the team into, he won a championship with him. So, you know, the, the, the essence of, of any champion is to build a team 
uh, around yourself. And, and I mean, if you think about it, they had it was Kobe Bryant, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Shaq, and Rick Fox on the team at one time. And they did not win a championship. Think about that one. Yeah, most of those guys were over their prime. No, they did that. They tried to date. You know what you think about that? That was really the first attempt, Jerome, for them to have, like, the super mega team, which eventually LeBron and Wade and all those guys uh, uh, set up in Miami. But they tried to do the same thing in L.A. It just didn't work. Those guys were too far past their prime. Yeah, well, well, the, the Miami experiment, I guess is what you would call it, is that uh, yeah. it was Dwayne Wade and LeBron, you know, and and yeah. – you know, you kind of look at it, people were like, you know, Dwayne Wade's fastest prime kind of thing, but he's such a smart player, and he stayed on the floor, whereas during that time with Carl Malone and those guys, those guys didn't stay on the floor, right? So they were, they yeah. were still good. They just didn't, they just didn't play the whole game like, um, like Dwayne Wade did with LeBron. So during that run, when LeBron was out, or if he was out, Dwayne Wade played the whole game, and he still was pretty much, you know, hitting like 30, 40 points. And so both of them on the floor together was, was just, a, you know, was just another thing. But Kobe's face, you know, opposed to my personal opinion on on Kobe, I I, um, I think that him, he is an athlete, he, he did have a killer man, mentality, which means mm-hmm. we would used to, we used to call them gunners back in the days, but oh, yeah. he would not stop shooting. So there was runs during during the Lakers' time that if he didn't think he was worthy as a teammate, he wouldn't pass the ball. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan was like yep. that. And you can see, you know, I don't like the comparison of, of LeBron and a Mike and Kobe because Kobe and Mike are kind of the same players. They shot yep. most of the um, – and where LeBron, you can still see in him, he takes pride in having good passes. Yep. creative, like Magic Johnson and his passes, wanting to pass around people and whatever. Like, they they have different games. So I, I don't really yep. like to compare those guys too much. It would be like comparing Shaq to Allen Iverson, you know? Yeah, or Shaq to, yeah, or Shaq to, to uh, Akeem Olajuwon, you know, because Akeem's game was so good and, and he had different well, no, aspects but they played the game. The I position. So, so, yeah, I see you know, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, different yeah, games. yeah. I'm saying, like, that's comparing a guard against a uh, um, you know, a Ford, center. Small forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so in Kobe's case, it Kobe Shaq. and then LeBron them. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. yeah They're yeah. different positions, really. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, her highness, uh, I mentioned her at the top of the show that she was uh, debarking uh, one of her luxury cruisers, and so now she <laughs> is in the house. Let's say good morning to our sister, Miss Vanessa Maybelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How you doing? And welcome back. Welcome to show. You know what? Good morning, everybody. Um, good morning. Good hear, morning, Nessa. Good morning. If y'all hear echoing in my back, it's because I am in the airport for the next two hours. Whoa. But boy, do I have some stuff to tell y'all. <laughs> All right, well. Give us your thoughts on Kobe. We're going to talk about the Trump folks. We're talking about Kobe, though. Give me your thoughts on Kobe. I know you weren't a real big basketball fan, but you had to be shocked like most of us when we heard what was going on when we got the news on Kobe Bryant. You know, this is what my thoughts are on this. Everybody that was on that helicopter, you know, the man with the wife and the, uh, the daughter, people yeah. had magnificent 
anything to say about that entire family, that they were yep. like angels and that they did this and this and this. Okay, then they were talking about the basketball coach and how awesome of a person she was and blah, blah, blah. Then they was everybody was talking about Kobe and his daughter. And y'all know the first thing that came to my mind was God took a helicopter of angels with him that day. That's exactly mm. what I thought of that wow. was that everybody had something kind to say, good, just I just everything, just and it was just and you know we always say you hear of death in threes. Well, this was nine. So mm. to me, my mind went straight to the Bible on this as to how innocent and nice those people were. And you can forget, and even if it's basketball, everybody thinks he's just awesome because of basketball. People said that he did things in the state, in the neighborhood, that people didn't even know that he did. That there were children who could not get their education paid for and was going to have to drop out of school and college. And that he put the money up for them without people even knowing that he did it. So, you know... I, I always say that you get a blessing from somebody that you do something for that can't do anything for you. They can't do nothing for you. So I always think that you get extra blessings from that. And, and so the world has lost nine exceptional people, not just two exceptional people, but nine. Wow. Vanessa, I tell you what, Claire's that is... Vanessa. Uh, that that's well said. I mean, I, while I I don't even I mean, out of all the comments, I think to me the way you broke that down was something that uh, you know we call that a, a mic drop moment. And so we're gonna drop the mic right there. All right, wow. All right, coming up in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know: the the coronavirus really now is starting to get everyone's attention. Some people are saying that it is worse than the SARS outbreak. Now, this is one of those situations where people were concerned that you know with President Trump in office we never we didn't we haven't had a real emergency and what would he do in a time like this well this may be his first true test so it's time for this week's edition of informing us less something that you need to know we'll be right back after this you're listening to the serious side of the j Rouse show on the tgrs radio network online radio and it's best we'll be right back don't go anywhere Threatening to go on strike if the city doesn't shut its bo- strike if the city doesn't shut its bo- nurses in Hong Kong are threatening to go on strike if the city doesn't shut its border with mainland China. Some nurses have already engaged in unauthorized sick outs to protest what they say is a lack of action by Hong Kong officials to address the new coronavirus outbreak. As NPR's Jason Bobian reports in Hong Kong, hospitals in the city are scrambling to set up isolation wards and are already overwhelmed. The Tunmun Public Hospital in the northwest of Hong Kong currently isn't treating any confirmed cases of the new coronavirus. Several cases have been diagnosed here, but they've all since been transferred to the Hospital Authority's Infectious Disease Center at Prince Margaret Hospital. Despite this, Albert Wong, a physician at Tunmun, says the outbreak is forcing people to work overtime and causing staff incredible levels of stress. There are dozens of suspected cases here right now. We don't know which of them will be the next confirmed case. 
and that is part of the issue. And secondly, there are new cases almost every day. Sitting in a small garden smoking area in front of the emergency room, Dr. Wong says the hospital is anticipating that in the coming weeks, a wave of patients with Wuhan coronavirus will be coming through their doors. The staff is being divided up into what are being called dirty and clean teams. Starting next week, the dirty team will handle all suspect and confirmed coronavirus cases in three isolation wards. The doctors, nurses, and specialists on this team will only deal with coronavirus patients, and they won't interact with the rest of the medical staff over on the clean side of the hospital. These people who are involved in the dirty team, they will be sort of quarantined even after work because we want to protect the rest of the society. They'll sleep in secure, dedicated housing. They won't be allowed to see friends or family members. In general, we are talking about around four to six weeks of time where they are completely isolated from the rest of the world. So you can imagine how uh, stressful that would be and what kind of life that would be. Part of what is particularly infuriating to Wong and many other healthcare workers is that they feel they're being asked to risk their lives fighting an outbreak that they believe was preventable. Wong and others argue that Hong Kong could have stopped the arrival of this disease by shutting its border with China until the outbreak on the mainland is under control. If you look at those confirmed cases so far that we are having, all of them are imported cases. All of them are from Hubei province, the epicenter of the outbreak in China, and most of them arrived in Hong Kong on the high-speed train. On Thursday, Hong Kong finally did shut down all rail links to China, including its prestigious high-speed trains. Carrie Lam, the chief executive of Hong Kong, also halted all ferry service to China and barred people from Hubei from entering the city. But she stopped short of fully closing the border to the mainland. To stop all passenger traffic on such a massive and comprehensive scale is not warranted. Lam said the measures she's imposing to limit the flow of people from China into Hong Kong are drastic, draconian, and unprecedented. Lam says that sealing off the border is impractical and would primarily hurt Hong Kong residents who'd end up trapped in China. There are a large number of Hong Kong uh, residents who are now traveling in the mainland and overseas and they need to come back. So I, I don't think it is very meaningful to talk about a complete closure of the border control points. But the issue of closing the border has been the central demand of doctors and nurses. We have been advocating for this since early January, but they haven't done anything. Wong and others say shutting the border is the only way to keep the virus at bay. And hundreds of nurses are threatening to walk off the job on Monday if the border to mainland China remains open. Because, like, for years, everyone's been able to wear braids. Sophomore.
Jeremiah Cook says Mystic Valley Regional Charter School officials first pulled her aside two weeks ago, just after she and her sister Deanna got their hair braided at a local salon. Their adoptive mother, Colleen, got a call from the school minutes later. The school basically said that they didn't want anything um, artificial or unnatural in their hair. The school's policy says students may not have a hairstyle distracting to other students. Hair extensions are not allowed. Cook says the policy only targets black students. We told them there's nothing wrong with their hair the way it is. Their hair is beautiful. Uh, there's no correcting that needs to be done. Refusing to take out their braids, Maya and Deanna got daily detention and last week, Cook says it got worse. All the little black children were marched down for a hair inspection, whether they had braids or not, and asked, are those extensions? In a statement, school officials told us our policies foster a culture that emphasizes education rather than style, fashion, or materialism. Our policy on hair extensions, which tend to be very expensive, is consistent with the educational environment that we believe is so important to our students' success. But parents say the policy sends a different message to their children. It really affects them to their core, and it tells them, you're not good enough. You need to change. Well, uh, Vanessa, I'll start with you. Uh, once again, here's another situation where people are, you know, telling folks that, uh, you know, this, this whole thing with hair and braids. Uh, what say you? Your thoughts, please. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay. So wait a minute. Wait. So you see all of these people uh, walking around with uh, blue hair, pink hair, green hair, and you see young little boys with um, an earring in their ear, and you see. I just saw them, I'm, and, you, and I'm sitting here in the middle of Florida, so y'all know I'm looking at them. So you see <laughs> all of these different things. Oh, I am. So you sit there and you tell me that my daughter can't have extensions in my and her hair to make her look good, but you think that the pink rainbow-colored hair looks good, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with that child having a tattoo on his hand at the age of five. So. I say all of this to say it is racial and I would personally as a mother move my child out of that school who has been harassed and talked about and made fun of and then I would turn around and sue the hell out of them is what I do <laughs> alrighty yeah. then I mean, well, I'm, you know... here, I'm looking at them I'm looking at wow. them, y'all, right here where in Tampa, I'm looking at these people with all of this stuff and these children with this stuff in their hair, and I'm sure they go uh, to somebody's school. They ain't all homeschooled. <laughs> well, you, you know, Jerome, when stories like this break, you know, the first person I think of is you, man. So uh, <laughs> your thoughts, please, sir. Well, you know, it, Vanessa, Vanessa said it. Um, you know, said it correctly and right is that there's it's flat race it's racism, right? It's about controlling somebody else's body for white folks generally. So when you start telling people what they should and should not do with their own hair, like it's hair. It's not like they're coming in here with um something that affects any other student. So when you say, Oh, it costs a lot or 
it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Who are they talking about when you say other people? Because there are cultural hmm. issues to how we handle um, our, our, um, our hygiene disposition, like all of that stuff. That's cultural. Like people wear certain, you know, some people wear cologne. Some people don't. You know, like it's that. So, like this little boy standing in front of me wearing a Jewish cap. Yeah, like that, right? And so nobody's going up to that kid and saying, "Hey, you can't, you can't wear that." But to black people, um, white people actually somehow believe that black people are just dark-skinned white folks that they can regulate everything we do, and if they can't figure out why we are doing something, we are doing something wrong. So we need, they need to address it from that aspect, opposed to it being a fashion issue of the school and trying to blame the other students. Like, we don't want to make them uncomfortable and you shouldn't do this. It has something to do with them. And as administrators and as principals um, and their boards, they need to look at their own whiteness. White folks need to deal with themselves and stop being so doggone insecure when it comes to other people. Silius. <laughs> Your thoughts, please. My my thought process is this, Jay. Uh, they marched all the black children down there. Don't white people have extensions in their head, too? Did they address that? Because why no white girls get extensions put weight in their head, too? So why do just just the black folks? Look, man, they like Vanessa and Jerome said it back. This is racial. And it, it's no more than, no less than racial. And that's that, like when they made that kid before he could wrestle... And that wrestling match cut his dreadlocks out of his hair. This is all this is, man. No more, no less, you know, than racial about somebody's hair. If it's distracting, wow. Wow. Unbelievable. You know, the thing that's so crazy about that, their mother, their adopted mother is a white lady. And she's like, you know, y'all crazy. Yeah. Can't tell my daughters to take, take the braids out their hair. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unbelievable how some of them get it. And some of them don't, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Wow, that's crazy. All right, next story. Tonight, Hillary Clinton unplugged and unleashing. In a new documentary, she opens up about it all, including Bernie Sanders. A quote from the film in a Hollywood Reporter article, Clinton saying he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. Clinton and the filmmaker both spoke to the magazine about the new documentary, Exploring It All. The reporter asking if Clinton stands by what she said about Sanders. She said yes. Sanders off the campaign trail for the impeachment trial, responding today. On a good day, my wife likes me, so let's, let's clear the air on that one. Secretary Clinton is entitled to uh, you know, her point of view. Uh, my job today is to focus on the impeachment trial. Why do you think the secretary is still talking about 2016? That is a good question. Ask him. Clinton's comments come just a week after Sanders faced off with Elizabeth Warren over her claim Sanders told her a woman could not win in 2020. I think you called me a liar on national TV. I think you called me a liar on national TV. Clinton was asked about that, too, saying it's part of a pattern. If it were a one-off, you might say, okay, fine. But he said I was unqualified. I had a lot more experience than he did and got a lot more done than he had. But that was his attack on me. All right. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's going on here with... Uh... <laughs> 
I don't know what's happening here with uh, Clinton and, you know, why she is really starting to step out here. But let me start with you, Jerome, on this one. Uh, what's going on, man? Why do you think she's doing this? Well, first of all, they're asking her questions. And, you know, so when people ask you questions, you have a choice on whether you want to answer them or not. And so she's Interesting. Um, huh. letting okay. her inside voice out. You know what I mean? And so she's yeah. doing what she thinks. Now, she's wrong. And then it's the reason why people don't like her. So it's not, there's no win here when you know that maybe and you, maybe she's not self-aware. Right? The same you think she's wrong about, like, let me ask you something real quick. You think she's wrong about saying that no one wanted to work with him when she was in that body? You think she's wrong about that? Or do you think, what do you, when you, when you say she's wrong, what is she think about just for, for I think clarity she's purposes. wrong about airing that. Right. Oh, so, okay. Got it. Like, so you know you're in the middle of a presidential race. You know how corrupt and crazy Trump is, and although the Trumps and Clintons are friends, right? We know that Bill and and Trump and Donald was, you know, in Epstein's book is of contacts. So them dudes are all hung out, right? So whatever she's going for is just rich people um, fighting, trying to tear each other down. Right, and it's and it's and it's something sick about that. Whereas there is no, we have a party loyalty, or we want the country to be better. They are tearing each other down because they don't like each other. So they don't care who wins. They're all still in the same relative um, space. So H- Hillary doing that just kind of shows how that she is mean spirited as well. You know what she did to Obama? Started that whole birth certificate stuff. We know how they are. And so none of them are, and Bernie is venomous too. And so it shows why, you know, people generally opt out of politics. It's both of them. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. That, that's crazy, uh, Jerome. That, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. And I'm sorry, we accidentally cut your mic off by accident. Wait, were, you, were you finished? I'm sorry you got cut off by accident. Oh. No, no, I was just saying that that both of them, um, Bernie Sanders and Hillary, have the same uh-huh. problem. That's why people don't like either one of them. They're they're cut, they're pretty much cut from the same cloth with different perspectives. Like Hillary says, Oh, I you know, or, or one's like I worked in the civil rights movement, she's like, I did too, but she interned with uh conservative uh, with Goldwater and Bernie Sanders has a very progressive model where he don't even relate to black people. Like, that whole thing about pacifying black people and putting them in a the corner, Bernie Sanders believes in that. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton does. That's why there's no prominent black people inside of their campaign. There are prominent black people who are surrogates. And that tells you something about them. They both don't like each other because they're both mirror images of themselves. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's something. What about you, Vanessa? Your thoughts, please. What do you think about this whole thing? Why do you think Clinton's doing this now? And I like the fact that Jerome said, hey, someone asked her a question and she answered it. But, uh, you know, she could have said, hey, no comment. Well, what do you think? Your thoughts, please. Because she is not going to say no comment because I truly believe that Bernie Sanders screwed her up during her election. So I would have said something, too. But I do want to say uh-huh. this. I just, I do not like Bernie Sanders, Mr. Free, Free, Free. But if he is voted as being blue, uh, the nominee, then I will have to support blue for 2020. I also want to say 
Hawk, if you are listening, you said that Warren did not have a chance in hell where she does. It must be fixing to be hell because she is neck and neck with Biden, baby. Hmm. Neck and There's neck. a new poll that came out this morning that said uh, in Iowa that uh, uh, Vice President Joe Biden has the best chance. He beats Trump by five, Bernie beats him by four, and Elizabeth Warren beats him by three. So, you know, use that for whatever it is. Oh, Mr. Elias, man, your thoughts, please, down? on this. Yeah, it just came out just, just this morning. Yeah. What, what, what are you, your, your thoughts, Mr. Elias, on this? Uh, you know what, man? This is not the time to attack Democrats, man. One thing you got to admire about the Republicans, they stick together no matter what. They back each mm-hmm. other no matter what. No matter what the message is, they're going to stay on point with it. So this is not a time to do this. This is wrong on every aspect of it, and I don't agree with what she said. You know, if you, what that's did she something say, they y'all? said after. We played it. Said nobody <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry, I had a lady in the airport talking to me. I'm sorry, this lady was talking oh, to me in the airport. Okay. And guess what? Guess what? Okay. Guess what, y'all? For nine days, for nine days, I have not seen CNN or MSNBC because they did not have it on the ship. I had to look at this oh, international boy. news channel. So I'm having. No oh, boy, you gotta get a new plan on your phone, sweetheart, because uh, I can't miss my MSNBC. All right, next story. <laughs> She and her minions are trying to smear me, smear my character, uh, and undermine my campaign, uh, labeling me as a foreign agent, as a traitor to my country. So now she's suing. Democratic presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard filing a $50 million lawsuit against Hillary Clinton for defamation. Hillary Vaughn has the very, very latest. Hillary. Hey, Neil. Well, Hillary Clinton still is not running for president, but she is still stirring the pot in the Democratic primary by firing shots at candidates still in the race. And now her meddling could end up costing her millions after Tulsi Gabbard files a $50 million lawsuit against Clinton for saying this. She's a favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her Mm -hmm. so far. And... That's assuming Jill Stein will give it up, which she might not, because she's also a Russian uh, asset. Yeah, she's a Russian asset. In the lawsuit filed today, Gabbard says Clinton has a personal vendetta against her because she endorsed Bernie Sanders in 2016. And so she's accusing Clinton of defamation that cost her millions in potential donors and also potential voters. Writing in the lawsuit, quote, Clinton got exactly what she wanted by lying about Tulsi. She harmed her political and personal rivals reputation and ongoing presidential campaign and started a damaging whisper campaign based on baseless but vicious on truths. We reached Mama, there go that woman again, Hillary Clinton, in the middle of some more mess. Let me start with you on this one, Mr. Elias, man. Once again, she's at it again. But listen, you know, a lot of, look, I'm not a fan of this Tulsi uh, Gabbard female. I mean, to me, you know, she's she's a regular on Fox News. She, you know, anyway, well, what, don't like, don't get me started on her. Your thoughts, please, on this whole thing. You know, Clinton well, calling her a Russian well, asset. I, I I would say, you know, if I was a lawyer, I would say how how she could win, uh, how how Hillary Clinton could lose win the lawsuit because she said the same thing about Donald Trump. Never heard his political career. 
Never heard his political career whatsoever. <laughs> but she, you know, you know, it, it, you know, man, look, dude, I. Once again, Hillary Clinton needs to just stay in the background, man. And whoever becomes the nominee, just back him. That's what she needs to do. That's yeah, I think it. she's a little Bottom pissed line. off because. Because Bernie didn't go away. Bernie, you know, Bernie hung around a little bit longer. I think we all can agree to that. But, you know, it is what it is. What about yeah. you, Vanessa? We think about this whole thing with her now, you know, this whole thing that uh, she's being sued by one of the presidential candidates. And, uh, you know, once again, Clinton's in the middle of it. What say you? She needs to step out of all of this. She needs to step out, step back, shut the hell up. She does. Because, you know what, we got enough fighting on the stage when they do debates. And we don't need her. She lost, just like everybody's saying that Trump needs to get over her, over Obama. She needs to get over it and move on. Well, get over it. Direct. Yeah, get over it. Okay. What about you, Jerome? Well, what your thoughts, please, on once again Clinton now going going after this Gabbard lady, which I'm not really a fan of. Your thoughts, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is no innocent victim in this, I, and and there is evidence of her, you know. Um, Spending time with the Russians and all this other stuff, and then uh, those um, Russian bots. And Hillary may know something. You know, her security clearance lo- allowed her to sit in those in those um, um, in those skiffs things. Right. I mean, she just did have the briefings as well. But from the State Department side, she knew that the Russians was back in Jill Stein, and that's what she that's where she went. She was like, she they were back in Jill Stein while I was there. While I was running, so Tulsi Gabbard's kind of Jill Steinish to the whole process. So he, she, I think she's suing her. There, there is no way in hell that she is suing her because Hillary stopped her from getting money. I don't think. I think everybody saw how close that this Tulsi Gabbard person is with Russians. I think they yeah. saw that. And so Probably you can't is, have a shut up. Yeah, you you can't have a scandal with we know. Trump's relationship with Russians and Trump's son relationships with the Russians and his his businesses being funded by the Russians and then Tulsi Gabbard having a relationship. We're all rushed out, right? And so <laughs> as as we go to all this other stuff and as more information start coming out, they're getting played. And anybody who can't see that they're all getting played is crazy. So. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, when she uh, Tulsi Gift is it Gab- Gifford? Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, when it came to voting on this impeachment stuff, you know, when did she abstain her vote? Right, like she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to vote to impeach him." Like, whose side is she playing on? Because it is very yeah. obvious with all the stuff out now that they were obstructing justice from giving information just to go into the probe. Yep. So either she knows something or she doesn't, or she's stupid. And I would not call her stupid. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Crazy stuff. All right, let's see. Can we sneak one last one in before we go to break? Let's see if we can sneak this last one in. The Des Moines Register endorsed Senator Elizabeth Warren for the Democratic presidential nomination on Saturday night, calling her the best leader for these times. The newspaper, Iowa's largest and most influential, made its selection just over a week before the caucuses on February 3rd, when Iowans will take part in the first nominating contest of the primary cycle. In its editorial, the Register praised Ms. Warren as a thinker, a policy woman, and a hard worker. 
Warren's competence, respect for others and status as the nation's first female president would be a fitting response to the ignorance, sexism and xenophobia of the Trump Oval Office, the editorial stated. Now this is being flagged as being a big deal, and going into the caucuses tomorrow, uh, let me start with you on this one, uh, Mr. Well, let me start with you, Jerome, since this is kind of in your wheelhouse. What do you think, man? You think this endorsement does anything for her, or you know, is it a situation where you think that? Um, well, just just that. Do you think this endorsement is a big, has a big impact on her, and will influence uh, what happens? Wait a minute, I didn't hear the endorsement. Who do, who endorsed her? The the uh, the the uh, Des Moines, it's a Des Moines uh, the biggest paper oh, there Wednesday, in paper. Uh, paper. Yeah, yeah the biggest paper in Iowa yeah the Des Moines uh, whatever it's called no. yeah no I, I, don't think it's it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna do anything I mean it's just like so. again it's just like listening to Hillary Clinton right she's always gonna make news because there's this push from those um, empowerment women's organizations. I'm not saying they should not be empowered. I'm just saying that that's where this is coming from. So yeah. when it comes down to it, people are like, well, I like her plan. I like how confident she is. I think, I think honestly, Warren is an extension of Hillary Clinton. I think her support is an extension of the people who wanted to see Hillary Clinton win. And I think that's problematic. Because they're going <laughs> at it the same way like they went at Hillary. You know, and so you can't yeah. They're saying, oh, well, you know, people are saying that Warren can't win because she's a woman. And it's like, no, you know, that's the argument that you used to Clinton. People didn't like her, not because she was a woman. They didn't like her. And so they're trying to guilt people back into that. I don't think it's working. You know, even when they kept saying, you know, black women are starting to support um, Elizabeth Warren. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I guarantee you that that's not true. Even if a couple did, that is kind of behind the scenes. But black women generally, if you just go pull somebody on the street, and they're black, nah, she's all right. I don't think people love her. Yeah. What about you, Vanessa? You think this endorsement is going to mean anything for her coming tomorrow night, or do you think it's just it is what it is? Your thoughts? Please. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna mean anything uh, with the black women because. The black people that I'm talking to are all saying, who the hell's going to pay for the free, free, free? <laughs> so I don't think yeah. so. I really don't think the working middle class African-American person is listening to somebody say free, 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 when we have to pay for the free, 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 because the rich is not going to pay for it. So, no, I don't think it's going to change it one way or the other. Yeah. Mr. yes, man, you get the final word on this. What's we'll you? Well, Jay, man, I, I, I did like Elizabeth Warren at first until I heard her make a statement about her education secretary that has to be vetted by a high school student as a transgender. Now, who in the hell in high school would be able to tell you how an edu- edu- educational secretary should be? You're vetting, you're vetting this person instead of a cabinet of intelligent educators on, you know, the, the education of our children, on a high school student. I that that kind of like threw me for a loop with her. So, you know, the bottom line is you can't face. I wouldn't trust me, and I wouldn't trust you to vet anybody from high school standards. My high school thought process 
compared to my adult process is really <laughs> wow. So when she said that, you know, education is important to me. When she said that, it kind of like yeah, uh, yeah, no, you. Um, I went with Hawk on this one. She, yeah. you know, mm-mm. you know, that reminds me of Elliot High School. Yeah, I, I was speaking to some college students, um, pretty much freshmen and sophomores one year, and it was a college summer program. And I sat on a panel, which, you know, again, I don't really like panels, but I sat on a panel, and some of the people were telling the college students that it is your um, generation that needs to understand what's going on with civil rights, and you guys need to do something different, and blah, 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 blah. And these people were not black who were talking, but the students were primarily black. So it kind of pissed me off to some degree where when it came around to me, I said, do not listen to that fool. That's what I said to him. He was a, he was like a, he was a reverend. <laughs> I didn't give a damn who he was. Because here's the, here's the problem. It, and the reason I say it that way, and I'm telling the story, is because I have been out of school. I mean, I've been out of high school longer than those kids have been born. And every time it comes back to something, we tell high school kids that they need to figure it out without looking at, they, they, have, they have elders in their community. I've contemplated this longer than they've been born. So why would you put something on them to tell them that they can outthink the people who actually have studied or have more information than they do? So we need to get smarter and stop doing that. So I don't know who Elizabeth Warren was playing to when she said, I'm gonna let some high school, that kid, in high school, you don't even know what your emotions are at that age, right? So let alone, you know, you exactly. make decisions across <laughs> the board about who's better for the country. That is irresponsible yeah. of Elizabeth Warren to even say that. When she said it, it blew me away, man. I was like, nah, I can't get behind her, man. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, nope. Not all right. There you go. All right, it's time to step out. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of J Rock. On the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. That is best. Coming up, I have a memorial for someone that's, that was, you know, I was close with passed away. So I tell you what, it's just been a bad month. We'll talk about that though towards the end of the show. It's a serious side. We'll be right back. On the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. That is best. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Have this every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. I've been sharp in a while. 47 years old. Uh, two, lost two grandmothers. Lost a Sarge. Lost my sister. And now I lost a little brother. We, uh, our names will be attached together for what we did. People always ask about our relationship. And I tell them it's just like me and Charles. You got two strong-minded people that are going to get it done that way. We're going to say certain things. The respect will never be lost. But when it comes to be inside the lines and win, that's what me and him, that's what we did. That's what me and Charles, that's what we do. It was sort of like a triple, triple stabbing to the heart because after you cry and wonder about that, then I get back on the internet, Rick Fox is on the plane. So now I'm, I'm, I'm sick even more. I'm calling Rick, he's not answering. So now I'm, 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 I'm like, what's going on? And then... Welcome back here, 347 It's the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network. Online radio and it's best. And as we do always at the time of the show, we say good morning to the folks that helps bring this production to you every Sunday morning. Let's say good morning to the Ebony Queen herself, Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? Good morning, Jay. And I love you too, but guess what? I don't care what kind of telephone you have, honey. When you're in the middle of the Pacific, you can't look at CNN on your telephone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you have to come there. Okay. All right. Hey, yeah. Okay. No problem. Touche, Monsieur. Monsieur Lee. No, you got me on that one. All right. Fine. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't splurge like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, teach me something. Thank but you very you much. But you will. I am going to get you in that to do that. I am. I am. Y'all going to do it. <laughs> Well, that was good. All right, thank you, Vanessa. All right, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is freezing out. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. Well, and ladies, I hear she's on the seven C's, so good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, baby. Okay. Like we Alibaba someday ain't gonna buy it. I ain't trying to do all that. So thank you very much. All right. Um, and the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, sir. Good morning, Jerome, and good morning, Nessa. All right. Good morning, love. And uh, the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D, uh, in the place to be, he has resorted back to his original handle, the official text of the show. Johnny's uh, here in spirit, but he can't be here on the air. But boy, I tell you what, he's uh, giving me some stuff to uh, talk about. Let me read it to it. It says, good morning to his leaders, I was able to hear the Tulsi Gabbard and the Elizabeth Warren YTP. As a result, Gabby, the Shard meeting will continue to haunt her campaign, although I feel she has a right to speak about her anti-war views because she's experienced. Hillary Clinton should leave the campaigning alone. The Iowa caucus. Someone please tell the state that they're no longer sufficient. Warren will now win Iowa, even with the endorsement. Wow, listen to Johnny. 
I don't know. We'll talk about it, folks. Check in tomorrow. We may be on the air with, uh, um, you know, Afterthoughts. We'll see. Uh, just check in and see what happens, uh, just depending on if there's some major news. So y'all be on point just in case we have to go there. Mr. Elias, man, can we say hello to folks in the chat room if you don't mind? Your discretion. Follow me, man. Yes, sir. There is Kobina, man, and Easy Rider with us. What's up, Easy? Good morning. How you doing? The pass is checked in. Uh, as always, one of our most faithful listeners, him and Kavina. Kavina's been here the longest. Kavina's been here longer than everybody. Yeah. So I want to definitely yeah, give him his. Yeah. I remember when Kavina first came in, man, we had to throw him out a couple of times because he was in there <laughs> creating havoc. I'm like, Kavina, you can't be talking to these people crazy like this, man. But, uh, you know, God bless him, man. This guy has been here for the ride. And I tell you what, if we were handing out T-shirts, he would get one. I promise you that. All right, the patch has been hanging for a long time as well. Marietta Music, wow, I'm reading her post. Man, it's just devastating. I'm going to read it uh, during the chatterbox. But she's actually in France. What's going on? Rob's in the house. Terry, Wendy, uh, who is this? Jesse, Derek. Just a lot of people checking in. And uh, we appreciate you. Most of the comments are about Kobe, so I'm going to read a few of them, but not all. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in and hanging out with us. 347-850-1272 is the uh, call in number 347-850-1272. We have a call in queue. We'll check you out here in a second. But let's get this third and final set underway. The Clown Show. The Republicans voted to block the use of witnesses in the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. Now, this is what I don't understand. And this is the stuff that chaps my behind every time I think about it. Jerome, we're talking about a trial. Tell me the last time you've seen a trial where no witnesses have been invited to speak. And so here's the other piece, too. You know, uh, uh, one of Trump's attorneys, according to Bolton and Parnas, this guy was in the room with some of this stuff was being planned. But yet still, he stood in front of Congress as if he didn't know a damn thing. It's the same thing with Devin Nunes. He's sitting there on this high horse talking about what a witch hunt this is. Oh, well, I don't know who uh, Parnas is. Uh, you know, everybody calls my phone. All of a sudden, when the records show, he talked to this guy on numerous occasions. Oh, yeah, 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 I kind of remember now. It's what is happening, bro. The fact that Americans are just not, I, I can't explain it, bro. And for, you know, some two, two Republican Congress people say, look, you know, the, the congressman from the senator from Texas, look, they, they prove without a shadow of a doubt that the guy committed the crime. But should we really impeach him over this? Are you stupid? Senator Mikowski, she says, well, I'm disappointed in the Congress because we're not going to have a fair hearing. This is ridiculous. But, hey, I vote no not to allow witnesses as well. This is a clown show, man. And for anyone who thinks that it's not, man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Jerome, man, what say you about this nonsense that's going on in Washington? Well, you know that people make their – okay, I'm going to back out of this a little bit by saying – White folks, because the truth is, is that people will make their own rules when it's convenient to them. So the only thing that I can say about this is it's kind of a, you know, anybody who studied, and I'm going to talk about this later anyway, but just so that people don't call Jay or send text messages, Jerome was way off base, I'm going to say this, check the Haitian Revolution 
the difference between um, Toussaint and Dissolet. And the issue is, is that when Toussaint was in power, he worked with the French, and they jailed him, and I think they killed him, like, like the first re- the revolution. And then the second guy said, you can't trust colonizers and white supremacists. If you, if you ever think you're going into negotiations with them and it's going to be fair, you have lost your mind. So Haiti, Free, um, Tr- Trinidad, Tobago, all those little islands around them, Venezuela, um, all these up, like five other countries, because they went in and just kicked them out. We are showing signs of what our background, our, our foundation is built upon, and that is changing the rules for the people who oppress everybody else. Because you know what the Trump mm. administration is doing. You know what they're doing inside of those departments. You know that they're doing this. And the other people who are covering for them are like, yeah, they're doing that, but should we should we get rid of them? It's like you're asking a question when you know they're breaking the law. We need to stop being naive enough to actually have confidence in those folks who are oppressing everybody else. So anybody who's siding with them, we need to get them out too. And I'm saying even off TV, get them out. You know, um, you know, Vanessa. One of the parts of the of the uh, trial that just made me giggle was when Pam uh, Bondi stood up and they went down this avenue of we really didn't want to bring Hunter Biden into this, but then she reeled off all these different things that Hunter Biden allegedly has done. And you know, look, I'm not going to be dumb. I mean, when I listen. What I tried to do was I tried to, when that portion of the hearing came out, I said, okay, let me take off my common sense binders. Let me look at this thing just as somebody who's not paying attention. And, and look, I have to tell you, they said some things and raised some things during that whole spiel that would make me say, huh, do I really want to hear from Hunter Biden? But see, that was the trick of this whole thing. But what made me laugh and giggle was, you know, Bondi stood up here. They had her represent this piece. This is how the American people are being duped. Listen to this. So she stands up and she talks about how this guy, oh my goodness, he, you know, he don't know anything about this, that, and the other, and he's corrupt, and you know, the Biden, you know, Biden got the deal because of his last name, blah 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 blah. This is the same Pam Bondi now, when she was the Attorney General of Florida. Buried a state's investigation into the fraudulent Trump University after, check this, a $25,000 check from the Trump Foundation landed in her campaign account. This is also the same lady who's making money as a lobbyist for the government of Qatar. But she stands in front of Congress, in front of the American people with this self-righteous nonsense when she is just as foul and she claims Hunter Biden to be. See, this is the part that they don't, this is the part that they bank on Americans not trying to find out. They know that Americans are not going to dig deeper. They're going to listen to her, and they're going to take what she says at face value. When she is just, you know, for them to sit there and talk about, I don't know how they didn't laugh when they Jay. were talking about Biden, when the Trump kids are making millions overseas. Jay, that's millions. what I was going to say. So, so Jay, listen. 
they're not uh, going to dig deep about what that senator lady is uh, making. But what the American uh, people are saying, Jay, oh is, well, how can they say anything about what Biden's son was making? Then they want to bring out that he was an alcoholic, he was a drunk, he had all of these issues, he was kicked out of the military, whatever. So they say, Mika, hmm, how are they paying him $50,000 a month? But you know what? I don't care. You know why I don't care? I don't care because uh, the wife, the daughter, is over there getting all of her fancy clothes and ties, and so is Trump made over in China for little or nothing, and they're not paying any taxes on any money. So I don't care what Biden's son is doing or what he made. They're still not as corrupt as Trump's children. And the American people realize they're not stupid. They know that the daughter, the son, and everybody else is making money because their last name is Trump. The American people is not that stupid. And they're playing them like they are. Now, anybody going to dig into what these Congress people are getting paid and all of that? And, and personally, I don't even care because it is enough that Donald Trump's children is making a mint because their last name is Trump. But also, let me say this. The same last name as Trump is getting away with all of this stuff now. Oh, honey, but the sins of the father, those grandchildren are going to reap all the evil, all the everything, all the harm. I want to see him. I want to see them reap the benefits of it. I know you're supposed to say, hey, you know what, it's going to happen. But the bottom line is, is that these kids, I mean, we're talking, uh, look, look here, man. We're talking that since between 2017 and 2018, this, yes. the Trump, the Trump company's assets have been over a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. combined. Yes. Yes. And you can't yes. listen to me, folks. This is ridiculous. And for you, look, it's our, look. The House, okay, let me check this out. For the House, the, the House Oversight Committee is invested. Why the Pentagon? Y'all remember this story? We talked about it. They sent two hundred million, two hundred thousand dollars to the to the Trump Golf Resort in Scotland when they had people stay overnight for refueling. Uh, what was it? An hour out the way when they had Air Force bases right there. I mean, this is crazy. And for people not to even think about this, Mr. Elias, it's crazy, man. What say you? Well, you know what, Jay, man, I wasn't here to uh, listen. But, hey, man, look, the bottom line is this, man. This guy has gotten away with murder and is continuing to get away with murder. Because, you know, people think that maybe the economy is so great right now. Well, why is the economy so great? Please tell me. I, I was just on another line arguing with this guy offline. I had about, that conversation. About, about how great the policies are and all this other stuff. I said, well, name me one thing that this president put in place. For, for our, our, our economic growth. And he said the trade deal. I said the trade deal? Which the trade deal? Farmers up. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the trade as far as with China. You mean the trade deal? Uh, okay, which trade? Is he talking about the, the U, tra- USMCA or is he talking about the, 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 the China trade deal? What are you talking about? Because yeah. the U, USMCA, the you know, yeah. House Democrats changed, fundamentally changed that bill in order for them to pass it. So let's not give the president any credit on that one, but you can if you want. What deal is he talking about, Mr. Elias? Uh, the farmers. I, and I told the guy, I said, the farmers, we're paying oh, the farmers tax money out of our pocket. Oh, are you kidding me? And, people and, then, and he, you get Boba Bright in the, in the chat room, and easy don't say nothing until Boba Bright get in there. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Birds of a feather, so okay. Yeah, so I need my moral support. But the bottom line is, look, man, we're paying farmers tax money out of our own pocket. You know, 
so that so because we've lost they lost they lost millions and millions of dollars. They paid the farmers twelve billion dollars. Do some research, man. This cat has not put none one economic policy in place to help the to help the economy. Please tell me one. I've, I've but but okay, but okay, but let, let, let's give them that. Let, 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 let's do something. Let's give them that. Let, let's because I always yeah. try to make yeah. parallels to you know real life situations. You know, keep it simple, it. stupid. Let, let, no, let's give it to. Let's give them that. Let's say that okay. Oh, he's he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know what? There are drug dealers. You know that kill people and take money, but then they hold this big Thanksgiving festival to give to the needy. You know, get out of here. Because you do something right with corrupt and messed up money, don't make it right. The bottom line is this guy has broken the law. And because the fact that, oh, the economy, which, by the way, he inherited, but, you know, you you mindless people think, oh, I inherited a mess. Do your numbers. It's out there. Do mm-hmm. Jerome, please, tell these people to go out and do your research. It, this guy is benefiting from an economy that was left by the 44th president of the United States. I guarantee you if this idiot was in office in 2008, we would be in a bad, bad place. This guy can't manage his own money. Right. What's wrong sure. with you folks? How are you not seeing no. this nonsense? He, you, you, listen, just tell me what flavor the Kool-Aid is. Because, you know, him, David Koresh, Jim Jones, all these guys, you always wonder how do people follow folks like this? But we're witnessing it. This guy comes out and hugs the American flag. Who's Donald Trump? This is the same guy that, you know, had a doctor say that he had bone spurs so he could run around and chase ass and spend his daddy's money while real folks are going overseas and dying. Really? Mm-hmm. Folks? Really? What happened to communists? Oh, he's a commie. Oh, you, you, the same folks who are running around here talking about communists back in the day. Oh, he's a communist. I'm like, this guy is working with the Russians, and y'all okay with that? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. This is crazy, man. You know, I, I want to say, um, to, um, Vanessa mentioned that she hoped that people reap what they sow kind of later. And I usually, with that, as black folks, we usually say that, but I, and I, don't, I don't agree. Like George W. Bush's father, um, or George H. W. Bush's father, their grandfather, he, he had a bank that they were getting Nazi money from. They were the Nazis were storing their money in a bank in New York City that his grandfather was running. He ain't paying no price a little bit later on. You know, we're looking at Trump, Trump's daddy, who was a, essentially a, a supremacist and got caught in Klan stuff, right? There's records of this. And you look at Ivanka, she just had trademarks approved by China on the same day that he lifted sanctions on a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Watching corruption right in our face We shouldn't even really be outraged by it We should stop trusting them fools To be righteous or to to Have any kind of conscience About what their actions are Because we are wrong for this I know that our compassion Allows us to be accepting Of everybody and to be And to wrap our arms around people But we have to stop Because they are not going Right no matter how much we want them to be different, they're not going to, because this is blatant. 
It is blatant that Kirshner is getting all this money from. Matter of fact, he had Netanyahu Ugh. in his house who slept in his Ugh. bed when he was little because yes. his father was holding him. And now they're doing a deal talking about, oh, we're, we got a new Middle, Middle East um, peace plan where they're taking all these people land and saying, hey, y'all can't say nothing about it. And if you do, then technically you get nothing. That Ugh. is his peace plan. We're watching them oh my do God. evil stuff right in front of us. So you know, Andrew, different. Go ahead. Go ahead, man, finish. No, no, you no, go no, ahead. I, just, Your expectations. I, I was just saying our expectations shouldn't be any different. We know what they're doing. You, you know, the Trump, you know, the Trump lawyers are talking about, oh, the president is so concerned about corruption. If he was so concerned about corruption, why is he rolling back anti-corruption uh, laws that was put in by the Obama administration? Bullcrap. If he was so, you know, uh, concerned about corruption, why didn't he bring this up in 2017 or 2018? The only time he brought it up was once Joe Biden entered the race. All of a sudden, he got this. He became Abraham Lincoln. He wanted to make sure corruption was stopped. When everybody, here's the thing that these idiots don't realize: everyone that's testifying against him are his people. These are not Democrats. These are folks that he hired. Right. I mean, these are people that are part of his administration. And but, for you people to sit here my, and walk around like this is crazy. Go ahead, Jerome. This, this my is crazy. It's not them. It's, it is not them, those guys who are covering, uh, uh, those guys who are participating with him. It's all the people who are covering their eyes like they don't know and can't see this. Because they want us all to follow rules. They'll come back to us and be like, yeah, he did that, but we need to be civil. The Democrats are like, yeah, we and Joe Biden is bad for this. Exactly. I, I really have a problem with him with this. But he said, we need to bring the country back together. It's like, it is broken. You need to have yeah. a plan to have people signed on to. But bringing them back together, bringing them fools back in the fold, is like saying, I know yep. somebody steals, so I'm going to bring them in my house and trust them not to steal. But I'm not going to count what's in my like. house. Like I'm not going to even look. Like bringing a fox to the hen house. Like I'm going to give you some keys to my house because I expect you to be better. And I'm going to go out of town Guys, for about two I weeks. To, I've got to tell y'all something before I forget it. Can I please? Because I'm going to yeah. go back over there where there's a bunch of people and I'm not going to be able to talk. Okay, so we were on the cruise and, and we were on a cruise where there's a bunch of older people because a lot of these youngsters ain't going to do no Panama Canal with parting of the Red Sea. So anyway, it was phenomenal. But anyway, so this man had on a Donald Trump hat that said, make America great again, 2020. So Bobby said, Vanessa, did you see that hat that man had on? I said, what man? He said, a man that was talking to you about eating shrimp with you. So he was really friendly. Can I eat some shrimp with you? And blah, 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 blah. And you getting crab legs? And I need just holding the conversation. I wasn't paying no attention to the man's cap. So when we got ready to go back up there and get the orders, I said, I didn't notice that you had on a Trump 2020 cap. Y'all know I'm crazy. I sure did do it. I noticed that you had on the cap. Can you please give me three reasons why you think that you'd be walking around with a Trump 2020 cap on, that you would want to vote for him again after all of the corrupt things that he has done? Could you please lay me out three things that this man has done? So he said he thought the economy was good. He said he thought that uh, his 401k was good. And he said that everything that Trump promised that he was going to do, he did it. So... This is what these people are thinking. I'm a bold heifer, honey, if I can go up to you and, and ask you why you voting for Trump. And I sure did. And so he said, so why wouldn't you vote for him? And I said, because 
Number one, Trump thinks that everybody that is black is poor and lives in the ghetto. He said, I does not agree. I don't agree with him for saying that. He said, because I see you on this cruise like I am, and this is not a cheap cruise. So I looked at him and rolled my eyes. And then he <laughs> said, I said, I did. And then I said, oh, well, didn't know that was insulting, which is the funny thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so then I said, well, when the market dropped last year because he was being stupid with the tariffs and everything, I am still $3,000 behind on my 401k and my profit sharing. So that he looked at me like I was shocked when he when I said that. And then I said, and you know what else? I don't like what he did with the children and put those children in cages and they can't get back to their parents because they didn't have enough sense to get DNA, fingerprints, and names on these people before they started putting them in cages. Are Y'all waiting to hear what that man said to me. Hallelujah. That man said, well, Obama is the one who built the cages in the first place. And the mama and daddy shouldn't have brought them over here. So I bet you they're not going to be running over here with their children anymore. So my word to him was, that's fine that we have 700 children that are still locked up. Guess who's got to educate them, feed them, and clothe them you with your tax paying ass, you're going to have to do it. That's just what I told him. And he said, you know what? That's fine. But uh, I bet you they're not going to be as apt to bring a, a, another bunch of kids over here to say, when I said, yes, they are, because they know that if they come across the border, that they're going to send them back and their children are going to be somewhere else. So we're going to have to educate their children, which is a better education than they get, better clothes than they got. So you know what? I would drop my child off in America, too, if I was them, because they're going to grow up with a better life. I said, but you know what? He said, you know what? My shrimp are getting cold. I said, I bet your shrimp are getting cold while I'm sitting up here finna go against everything you just told me. I said, I bet your shrimp are getting cold. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I had to tell y'all about that one particular conversation. And it was some other stuff that was being said. But I had to just give y'all the highlights of what these people truly, truly believe. Bobby was sitting at a table. And when I sat down, Bobby said, Vanessa, don't say a word. Just listen. So I sat down and I just listened. And the table in front of us in the restaurant, people were going, well, you know what? If the Democrats would just leave them alone, then he could get some other stuff done instead of concentrating on this impeachment that you, we I all know it's about. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Liz. You are absolutely correct, Liz. When you say that the Democrats are going to have to stop talking about the Democrats and we're going to have to stick together because I don't care what you tell a Mm -hmm. Trump supporter, they're going to come back with another excuse as to why he should have done it. I don't care what you say about him. Now, I can yeah. go over there with a bunch of people around me now, but I'm just telling y'all, it was interesting because it might have been, it might have been eight, to, maybe, well, no, let me, let me give it credit. It was 2,000 or more, 2,600 people on that ship. So I want to say it probably was 100 African-Americans on that uh, cruise. See, I'm, I'm saying it, was, it might have been 100. But yeah, it, well. it was very interesting. And I didn't mind getting into conversations with them. It didn't make me any different. Mm-hmm. I want to, well, hey. I want to do a quick public service. I want to do a quick public service announcement. Do not do what Vanessa just did. There's kind of what I just said about no, no. Vanessa's she's adventurous with that, and bless you, Vanessa, for having the patience to do that. But I am telling you, even engaging in a conversation with nuts like that solidifies their ability to believe in the back of their head, oh, I'm cool with black people, while they're spewing that nonsense out. And we need to stop <laughs> pacifying them. But, right? If you want to ignore me, ignore me. But you ain't going to stop me. Let's put some shrimp together while you're trying to kill all of my people. We need to cut that nonsense out. 
So if you're not going to write me, draw your line. It's not nonsense to me because Bobby and I listen to AM talk shows, and we believe that that we want to keep our enemies close to us. I want to know what you think. And the thing is, Vanessa, all I said was initially is that I trust in you. You're adventurous to know that stuff, right? And I will protect you from here to wherever to the moon, right? I don't care if you have those interactions. I'm saying they're not smart enough to have that interaction with anybody. So you're you you're going to you, to eat. a but discovery you with them. To you're them. going to. But Jerome, I'm trying to tell you when you have a conversation with them and they realize that you are a black person that is politically inclined. That does not I know them. what's going on. No, no. What I'm saying is they look kind of foolish. They look shocked. You should um, see the look on their anyway, face when though. I'm dispersing. Ooh, he is cold-blooded. Okay. Right? <laughs> if, if you don't have no questions in your life, even ask a question. And you're like, hey, I didn't know you black folks eat shrimp. It's like, what, what are you, stupid? Right? So black people got to be so different than you. I already know that you don't know any history. I already know that you have no common sense. No. No, right? no, you have no, 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 no perspective no, 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 no. on black was, people, and no, it's listen, narrow. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, I was ordering boiled shrimp with Cajun seasoning, and then I was uh, ordering fried shrimp, and then I was ordering Elastic King crab legs. And I said, you know what? Take one of the shrimps off because I can't eat all of that. That's when he stepped in and said, come on, I'll go eat some shrimp with you. So that's how that went. Okay. So I'm not saying that right. he didn't know the culture. I'm just saying. So all anyway, I'm saying, was, Vanessa, is that people try to normalize themselves around you when they have biases. I, 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 that's what happens when black people in the black community have racist people who own the local, the, the neighborhood grocery store. They they mark up everything. You pay $5 for, for a roll of toilet paper, and then they call you a cannibal or whatever and have judgments on your kids, but they're making money off of you. There's something in people's psyche that has them closer to the people who they have disdain for because it makes them feel superior. That's all okay. I'm saying. So one more thing, Jay. One more thing. So I was just thinking, we gotta go. We gotta go. Make it quick for them. We gotta go. I know, but I was telling, I was telling, the, I was telling him how many businesses were closing down, like J.C. stock was seven nine cents, and that this Belden is shutting down in Houston and all these other sources. Do you know what that fool said? He said uh, Trump ain't had nothing to do with that. Amazon is causing them to do that. I said, what about the tariff? He said, oh, price and stuff is gonna go up anyway. That's all I had to say. He's an idiot. Well, well, there you go. But, but that's how most of them are. You know, let me read something here from Johnny because, you know, Johnny has uh, resumed his role as the resident texter of the show for this particular episode. He says, as the Republican Party continues to support this criminal, I want Americans to know that the only way to defeat this derelict of duty by the Republicans will be to go to the polls. Let's call it what it is, extortion, abuse of power, and treason by solicitation of a foreign government to interfere with the electoral process. Remember convicted governor of Illinois, Rob Lagovich, who received 14 years yep. of crime to ex- – yeah, yeah, distorted someone when he attempted to sell then-Senator Obama's vacated seat. Vote, vote, vote. And that's the thing. They had him on tape saying, hey, you know, hey, this, this effing thing I have is, 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 you know, is worth money. And you have Trump on tape, you know, paying a, a, a freaking uh, stripper, you know, talking about firing the, 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 
the uh, ambassador and you know the ambassador for Ukraine. I mean, it's just crazy. But you know, the bottom line is these folks are going to support who they're going to support. And you can talk to your blue mm-hmm. in the face. He got them. And it's just unfortunate. I guess one day they'll wake up and remember the sins of their ways because they can't sit here and name one policy that this guy has. You know, you want to talk about his tax cuts. You know, a lot of experts are saying this is the first time in American history where the top 400 people, richest people in this country, is making money because of this guy's tax cuts. This is the same guy that walked to Mar-a-Lago and said, hey, guess what, guys? I just made you all richer. This is the same guy that's in Mar-a-Lago telling people who don't have security clearances or anything about what happened uh, with the killing of that general. This is your president, and if you want to support that guy, you know, God bless you. I just hope that enough uh, civil-minded people will go to the polls and vote this idiot out of office. Then, you want, then once he's out of office, then you're going to see who he is because he don't give a damn about you poor people. That's for damn sure. He wants to win re-election because he knows that as soon as he gets on uh, Marine One and fly his butt back to New York or wherever he's going, that the Southern District of New York will be waiting on him and that his behind could be in handcuffs two years after he's out of office. You want to see what's happening with that's him? Just watch. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, guys. Trust me. You'll see. But it's just like people who run around and followed R. Kelly after all this. Oh, he's innocent. Oh, you love him. Stop it. Look at the facts. You guys get this. You know, I'm watching this thing on Netflix about Aaron Hernandez. And um, and it's amazing after all the evidence that they found that this guy killed, you know, Odin Lawton. And then he, then he was the suspect in two other uh, uh, murders. These people who are Patriot fans are holding themselves. Oh, he's innocent. What? Because he can catch a football? Are you serious? Don't let your don't let celebrityism blind you of the facts. This guy don't care about this country. Go look at the facts. He's making money. I'm going to divest all my money for all my businesses. I'm going to divest my ownership. He yeah. hasn't done a damn thing. He's well, lied to you, folks. He lied to you all the damn time. Wake up and smell the coffee. Right back out. That's if he leaves office. As the Democratic candidates for president fan out across Iowa this weekend, the Des Moines Register newspaper has decided not to release its final poll. The paper's executive editor made the announcement last night, saying the results may have been compromised because there was a problem with questioning in at least one interview. The Register sponsors a poll along with CNN. Presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg stopped in Phoenix this weekend to celebrate the opening of his campaign's field office downtown and meet with voters ahead of the state's March 17th Democratic presidential primary. From member station KJZZ in Phoenix, Scott Bork reports. Bloomberg's campaign said it was their biggest event to date, a packed house with, quote, more than 1,500 people. It was also the first event after announcing his $5 trillion tax plan, which adds a 5% surtax on those who earn more than $5 million a year. And I'll raise the estate tax to generate some of the revenue we need to start fighting income inequality. My tax plan will make the tax code more progressive by reversing the Trump tax cuts, expanding the estate tax, and closing loopholes. The campaign says the tax code would only raise taxes on less than 0.1% of taxpayers, but would fund Bloomberg's health, education, and infrastructure plans. For NPR News, I'm Scott Bork in Phoenix. The prediction from Pennsylvania is for an early spring. Today is Groundhog Day, and Punxsutawney Phil's handlers say Phil did not see his shadow. He was brought out of his dinner in front of a large crowd of Punxsutawney this morning. This is NPR News.
Welcome back, 347-850-1672. It's time for Chatterbox. Uh, comments from our world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, uh, you have anything you want to read from our world-famous chat room, or are we just skipping that part like you always do? <laughs> His mic's on, I promise you. There it is. Mr. Elias, so anything from the World Famous Chat Room or no? Nothing worth reading, Jay. Nothing worth reading. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, my goodness. My man, Pots and Pans. All right, let me read what, uh, let me read something, some stuff from uh, social media that I was able to gather during the course of the show. The pastor's checked in. He's just like most people. I was shocked when I heard the news of Kobe Bryant's untimely death. My thoughts goes out to all the families who lost their lo- lo- who lost their loved ones on that tragic day. Uh, Miranda Music says, I cried, cried, cried when I heard the news on Kobe's death. I'm currently in Paris, and I was surprised by the outpouring of grief here in this country. People continue to come up to me offering their condolences. I see a lot of Kobe jerseys throughout the city. His impact on this world was enormous. Ripped. She says, Rip number 824 and 2. And 2 was the number of Kobe's daughter, Gigi. Uh, Rob from Austin says, My kids were suspended for the same thing. I guess he's talking about the hair thing. Got suspended for the same, same thing, and I got good legal representation. Hit me up if you need a good attorney. <laughs> okay, Rob. Uh, Serena B. Davenport, Iowa. I pray for this country. Donald Trump is a cancer to this country and must be stopped. And I voted for him regrettably because of my hatred of Hillary Clinton. May God forgive me for that mistake. Yeah, there you go. And a lot of them are about Kobe and things of that nature. So, all right, folks, you know what time it is. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Alright folks, it is time for the need to know basis with Mr. Jerome is free man. Jerome man, what do you have for us this morning, sir? Okay, in the honor of um Jay ambushing me um on last week's show, Ellie oh, Who's on the board? You are L E S. Jay. <laughs> who's on the board? Alright. I want you to stop the music. On this, because I'm not okay. going to news right Sorry, now. All right, stop the music. All right, there it is. So, stop. So, so here's the thing. Last week's show, I decided I need to do a really quick segment, and I'm using up my new segment to do this, and it is a segment called Look It Up. It's a segment that will give you a reference or, or additional information. Right, I'm not going to give you any reference or additional information. Um, it's just about the true story or the report that you can take the opportunity to educate yourself. The truth is out there. Go look for it. I will not take the opportunity to comment or respond to any feedback about this topic, okay? So I'm going to do two stories that I want you to go look it up and stop asking me questions. So the first one is Billie Holiday, right? On April 7, 1915, she was born. She died on July 17th. 1959, she was handcuffed to her hospital bed while she was dying. Mm, Harry Ainsworth, the U.S. Mm, government mm, official who served as the first commissioner to the U.S. Treasury Department's Federal Bureau of Narcotics during the presidencies of Hoover, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, and Kennedy, notorious for hating black people made it his job to destroy her because she wouldn't re- she would refuse to stop singing the song Strange Fruit. Under his direction, the hospital mm. ordered was ordered 
to stop giving her medical attention, and she died within days. Go look that up and stop calling mm. the show and writing in about stuff you don't know about. <laughs> All right? And, wow. and on another one, I'm going to say, you know, after 1776, first of all, there was no president till after 1789, right, George Washington. Everybody says that, right? He was the first president of the United States. But he was only the first president after the Continental Congress had been disbanded and they created Congress. So in 1781, John Henson, who was mixed, he was black, Asian, and white, right? He set the post office and the presidential seal. He was a Moor and a Moroccan. He was appointed by the um, Continental Congress. And while after the war, um, Thomas Jefferson and those guys ran out of Congress because the troops came in wanting to get paid. And it was John Henson that got silver from downstairs and started paying the troops. And they made him unanimously the first president of this doggone country. Go look it up. Hmm. All right. We can go to the news. Uh, Can I turn the music back on? You sure can. Hit it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't add with me ever again, Jay. We're going to have a problem. Hey, hey, look, lessons learned. I ain't dealing with you, man. Leave me alone, dog. Leave me alone, man. (laughs) All right. So so in honor of Black History Month, (laughs) I'll say that. You know, in May 19, uh, 1925, Malcolm Little, or Malcolm X, or El Hodge, yeah. Oz, was born in Omaha, Nebraska. He was the fourth of seven children and um, of Earl Little and um, Louise Norton. Of course, El Hodge, Malik al internationally recognized leader and advocate for oppressed people. Now, he was assassinated at the age of 39. And Spike Lee's 1992 film, based on his life, Washington, uh, is a film that will rest in the nation's treasure, uh, as a nation as a nation's treasure, uh, in the world's largest film archive, um, film, TV, and sound recordings. Um, It's been there. um, I'm trying to think of it. It was inducted um, to that preservation of the National Film Registry at the Library of Congress, so it's always going to be there. But Malcolm. X, like people like to call him, but El Hodge Malik Al Shabazz. I want to salute you on um, Black History, our first day, first show of Black History Month. And you know, while I was on social media, um, <laughs> one, uh, who I would like to call a friend of mine, but you know, Ayana had had a had a, um, had a show. But I would like to say in well, no, actually, I'm going to save that later. I'll quote her at the end. At the end. So, okay, so Pennsylvania's most famous groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, has revealed that there will be an early spring this year. So, at sunrise today, uh, members of that that Phil's hat-wearing inner circle, whatever they call it, revealed that um, Punxsutawney Phil, Phil, I guess he did not see his shadow. So, the annual event, which has origins in Germany, uh, says that if that rodent and that's what it was, cast a shadow on February 2nd, winter continues. And if not, spring cut, um, comes early. So if, apparently he didn't see a shadow. That's for people Mm-mm. who that's what they're saying. are down into that kind of stuff. Just just the news, I guess. All right, the U.S. economy yeah. grew at 2.3% in 2019. As Trump's tax cuts ran out of steam and will fall below 2% in 2020, 
even without that um, 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 court, without the virus shock that's going on. So official um, GDP figures has revealed um, the Commerce Department has reported the fourth quarter increase in the gross matched the 2.1% gain of the third quarter. That's below the 3.1% surge of the start of last year. So our economy is flat. Even with some mm-hmm. reduced tax cuts, it ain't do jack. Yeah. People kept that money. <laughs> of course. Rich people don't yeah. spend money, man. They don't. Gonna say, say that to a Trump supporter. <laughs> now, Motorola's new um, $1,499, or I was going to say $1,500 uh, foldable razor is so popular that pre-orders are backed up until February 18th. So 11 days after that new phone was released, they sold out. So they're mm. telling customers who pre-ordered the device now that they won't receive their phone until February 18th, which is more than 10 wow. days after its official launch. And mm. um, this is not in the story, but um, I think I read this someplace, a waste of money. But that's just me. I can't yeah. remember where I read it. Yeah. Don't yeah. write, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Microsoft post um, record sales with profits up more than a third as cloud business, their cloud business expanded. So on Wednesday, they gave another solid quarterly report on Wall Street as it plowed ahead in selling its cloud computing services to big businesses and government. So when you think a company is out like Big Blue, like IBM and all those guys, their machines are running in the background of all the things that you think are successful, the Facebooks and all of that. Where do you think they're storing their data? They're storing them on IBM or pretty much Microsoft products. They're making a lot mm. of money. Really? Now, Facebook agrees to pay $550 million uh, a settlement over a lawsuit that claimed that they illegally collected millions of users' biometric data without consent. So Facebook has reached a $550 million settlement related to the class action suit that claimed that it illegally collected and stored biometric data for millions of its users. I don't know how they got it. But they actually have your information. Isn't that just for certain states, though, Jerome? Or is that for everyone? Yeah, yeah. That that is um, actually that is in other countries too. That settlement is not even in this country. Really? But I can guarantee you that they're just collecting it across the board, and somebody else sued them. Yeah. Because because in some cases you can um, put in data that has to do with like personal identifiable information. And um, apparently Facebook is storing it. They don't really do that so much in this country, I don't think. But I know, hey, here's the one thing I'll guarantee. If it is in this country, somebody's going to sue them. Because that's how this country is down. Yep. Now, Vermont can be the first state to allow emojis on your license plates. So they have a new bill (laughs) in the Vermont Friends, 
and uh, believes that Friends was so groundbreaking that they should have a remake for another um, for another culture. Friends came after Living Single. Living Single, yep. which was an all-black cast, was on the same lot and owned by the same production company. It was Warner Brothers. And Friends used the, their first two shows. They used Living Single script, strip, scripts on Friends. But it's, it's interesting that it made the news that this guy comes out and was like, you know, it'd be cool to do a black version. So. Wow. Mm. Yeah. You know what my interpretation of this, Elias, is? <laughs> it goes like this. Um, Living Single was a really black show. But Friends was a white version of a black show. And now they want a mm. black show of the white version of the black show. <laughs> <laughs> But I can tell you this um, If you ever watch Friends Culturally Black people don't sleep With each other's roommates And friends They don't really They wouldn't be friends The show would have to Change his name Because we don't really yeah. Get down like that That'd be another problem Alright mm-hmm. Now I'm, Yeah I don't know if um, If I reported this Last show But Michelle Obama Won a Grammy For best spoken word album From her audio book Yes um, she did Coming Yeah Fifty-six-year-old mm-hmm. first lady. I don't know why I said her age because I know they put that stuff in there. But anyway, she won at Sunday's sixty-second annual Grammys Awards in Los Angeles. Mm. So, and, yeah. and she's not the first first lady to win a Grammy, by the way. But she did. She did win one. And I think I think her husband won a Grammy, right? I think President Obama won yeah. a Grammy. Yeah, for him. Yes, he did. All right. Now, Adam Schiff accused Donald Trump of organized crime language after he tweeted that the Democrat has not paid the price yet for what he's done to our country. So Adam Schiff said that Trump is engaging in organized crime speak because he prosecuted organized crime, by the way, after he um, took a hit at the intelligence chairman for his role in the impeachment. First of all, if you wouldn't have got impeached, you wouldn't be having a problem. Don't break the law. You won't get um, you know, Kobe uh, was inducted, will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2020. Now, it, it, as customary, that customary vote is, is waived. So they used to have to wait three years after um, you retired or something like that. So Kobe will be inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, as they waive that customary vote. He'll likely be enshrined along with Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but that's a whole nother story. Without a doubt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Kobe Bryant, before he passed, um, he filed paperwork to trademark his daughter, um, Gianna's um, nickname, uh, I think is Mamba Sita. So for her own <laughs> for her own sports brand, uh, it was less than a month before that crash. So on December 30th, Bryant filed that paperwork to put uh, Mamba Sita, which is a nickname for um, Gigi, um, on sports shirts, shirts, hats, jerseys, sweatpants, sweatshirts, and hoodies. That would have been a cool nickname mm. for her. Yes, it would have been. Yep. Now, t- tennis champ um, Coco Golf paid tribute to Kobe with um, a pink uh, Mamba mentality sneakers at the Australian o- Open. So the 15-year-old paid, um, played alongside of uh, I get Katie McNally, um, who was 18 in the third round of the women's doubles, 
on, um, and they both separated their sneakers with um, memory of Kobe on there. So that was really cool. And also Sharif O'Neal, Shaquille's son, he also revealed that Kobe sent him a, um, a direct message, and they went back and forth on eight. I guess it's eight nineteen that morning, less than two hours before the helicopter went down. But he just, you know, Bryant sent him a quick note asking, was he good? And he responded, yeah, I'm just getting um, getting this work in and trying to figure out my next move. And he asked how, how he's been. So he revealed that because, um, like he said, he plays for UCLA, by the way, Sharif O'Neal. And um, Kobe was just checking on him on that morning. So on mm. his way to um, go to the plane, he was checking on Shaquille's son. So you know mm. Shaquille took it hard because he still was reaching out and they, obviously they had a relationship outside of controversy from before. Because actually right. I held that against him when he threw Shaq under the bus. But anyway, they didn't hold it against each other. Well, right. yeah, right. they didn't hold it against each other. All right, maybe we have time for one more story. Man. I didn't realize we were this late into it. <clears throat> no? Well, I'm, I don't really have one more story, but here's what I want to say. Ayanna Flowers, okay. you know, who, who's been on this network, who's done shows before, she, in the history, uh, um, in the spirit of Black History Month, she said, I wish that MF Wood is literally the blackest line ever. So I just want to shout her out. And <laughs> 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 play Black Jeopardy with her at some point. So shout out Ayana. He's out. <laughs> right. My man, all right, we're 90 seconds away, so we're going to say our final thoughts. Uh, I want to say here real quick, uh, listen, we appreciate you. Uh, please listen to the end of the show. I have something I need to say about my brother-in-law, and I want to make sure that information gets out there uh, public. Uh, but it's time for our final thoughts. And for those who, who we're going to lose here in the next minute or so, have a great week, and we look forward to hearing from you next weekend. And uh, it's a serious side, and we appreciate you. For everyone else, it's time for final thoughts. Vanessa, your first final thoughts. My final thought is to your daughter, Nicole. For doing such a beautiful, awesome yes. dad girl, because dad girl came from Kobe and and Gigi, and she did a beautiful uh, portrayal of her feelings for you as her dad. And that's all I want to say is that's what it's all about is you give people their flowers while they are still alive, and she gave mm-hmm. you your flowers on Facebook, and she's just a good girl. You have beautiful children, Jay. Just inside and out, and I just wanted to commend her for that. So y'all have a blessed week. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thank you, Vanessa, so much for that. Uh, <clears throat> Jerome, any final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Is Jerome mm-hmm. here? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to send yeah, my no, condolences to the, um, to the Owens family. Evelyn Owens passed. I went to the services yesterday. To Matthew Blackshear, her son, and daughter Nicole Owen Shaw, you know, love, light, and peace to the whole family, to the Williams family. Um, everybody's in my heart, and I want to make sure I say that. So bless you guys. Thank you so much, Jerome. And man, gets the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Miss Deli Esman. Final thoughts. Uh, folks, yesterday I, I, uh, we buried her. One of my frat brothers, a good friend of mine, his name is Greg Reeves. He's an Illinois State Trooper that was killed senselessly, shot in the back of the head at the cigar bar. So to him, I just want to say, you finally made it to the Omega, Omega Chapter frat. I love you. Go, Mom. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, I tell you, January has been a tough month for a lot of people, and, and I, too, uh, want to um, uh, <clears throat> say some uh, something here. Um, on Thursday uh, morning, uh, I lost a brother-in-law, uh, Big Rob, Rob Harris. He uh, was a dr- truck driver. Um, he died in an accident. I'm not sure how it happened. They're still trying to determine whether or not he fell asleep at the wheel and, and you know, crashed and died, or, you know, or did he have a heart attack and, and, and die? But he was 40 years old. He was a young man. He was a 1099 employee, which meant that he didn't have any benefits or anything like that, and the family's really struggling to try to make sure that the funeral gets paid. So there's a GoFundMe page out there, GoFundMe.com. His name is Rob Harris. Um, if you can find it in your heart to help donate to try to get this man buried, he was a great man. He had four kids, two young kids. Um, his, uh, you know, his wife is devastated, and uh, and we are too, because Big Rob was six nine, big tall guy, fun guy to be around. Uh, he thought he could play pool, you know, and then he thought he could play dominoes, which we all know that he could, you know, couldn't hang with with the master, but that's okay. But listen, man, you rest in peace. God bless you. And his home going service will be this uh would be next weekend. So uh it's a heavy heart around here uh with the passing of Rob also, and uh we're gonna miss you bigger. It's also on Facebook, Jay. It's also listed on Facebook. So okay, that, yeah. that I I donated money to him already. All right guys, so uh, yeah, we're gonna miss him, man. So on that note, Mr. LES if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Growl Show. Folks, kiss your loved ones because you never know when your number's up. Make sure you do that. So, for Vanessa, for Johnny, for Jerome, for Miss Elias, I'm Jay Rouse. You have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week. God bless. Till next You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.